There is so much unpredictability in today's financial world. To successfully retire in that environment, it's so important to get on track and stay there. And that's why Steve Davis and Sean Toll of Davis Wealth Management bring you the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast. And joining them today to help keep you on the right path, here's Peter St. James. Well, are we going to save money? Are we going to make money today? Are we gonna, what are we going to do? I think the best way to approach retirement and everything in life is to save a little bit more and make a little bit more. Oh, I like that. That's a, that's a good blend, isn't it? I like that. And understand what it costs you. There's a cost to everything. Oh, of course oh, there yeah. is. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Ooh, okay. Is understanding costs. Taxes, does that come into this? Absolutely. Fees, does that come into this? Absolutely. Oh, oh expenses? Uh, I think I... <laughs> This is going to hit close to home, I can tell. We might talk, we might talk about that budget again. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, um, do people really think about taxes when they think about retirement? I don't think a lot of people understand it. Yeah. Um, and, and you get taxed in retirement uh, several different ways. You know, one of the, one of the first things you're going to get taxed on, most likely, uh, is your Social Security. You know, when Social Security was brought out in the 1930s, it was never meant to be taxed. Um, you, you put money out of your paycheck in, and, yeah. and, and, it, and it grew over time, hopefully, and then you got that Social Security check in retirement, and it was not supposed to be taxed. Um, there's now taxes on that. If you make a certain when, amount when of they, money- When do they put taxes on that? They, they did it twice. In the 80s, uh, they levied uh, some taxes on it, and then okay. they did it again in the 90s. Oh. Uh, so there's actually two thresholds. We can get into those details okay, at some other point in time. But the fact of the matter is, it's a, they're very low thresholds, and for the vast majority of people, when they exceed those thres- thresholds, some of their money- uh, from Social Security will be taxable. So that's a shock uh, for a lot of people. Now, then the other part of this is for the most of us out there, nearly all of our retirement savings is in an IRA, right. a 401k, a 403b, a 457, you name it. What that means is you've never paid taxes on that money before. And when you get into retirement, you're going to get every year, once you hit age 73 beginning this year, this is your required minimum distribution. When you get that little notice from the bank says, Peter, you have to take out X amount of dollars this year from your IRA, you take it out, and that is going to be 100% taxable. And people forget about that. It's you know? a cost you have to understand. Yeah. Right. And that's really what we're trying to focus here on is the costs that are associated with retirement. And this taxation is a moving cost that no one knows what administration to administration sure. is going to hand us. Our theory is that you know we're not working, we're not bringing as much money, so our tax brackets are going to go down. You know, you can't think that way because you may be bringing in less income, but all of a sudden the feds could say, "Hey, yeah. we're going to drop that tax rate that used to be 12% because you were at this low. Now it's going to be 18 or 20." Right. So when you're putting a proper plan together, you want to play games with the potential taxation on that money and understand how it's affected because it really has a big impact. Well, and and, and we don't was, know what it's going to be. Correct. And we don't know. When Sean right. was talking about the retirement vehicles, uh, the one you didn't mention was Roth. That's a Roth. That's yeah. right. That's right. A Roth is very different. Uh-huh. Right? So you put money into your Roth now, and you pay taxes on the money you put in. We know what rate we're going to be this year because uh, we know what the tax rates are. Um, you put the money in, it's post-tax, and it will grow forever tax-free. You take that, the growth will be tax-free, the withdrawals will be tax-free, and you're never going to get a notice from the bank 
when you're 73 and older saying you have to take a certain amount of money out. So it can continue to grow forever uh, tax-free, which is incredibly powerful. You can put in, beginning this year, they raise this uh, every year. They, they raise how much you can put into a, into a Roth or an IRA. Uh, and the number, if you're under 50 years old, is $6,500 per year. Okay. And if you're over 50 years old, you get what's called a catch-up contribution of 1000 So you can add that to that so you can put $7,500 a year into a Roth IRA. Um, if you're over 50. Now, if people have a, a, a traditional IRA, they can do a Roth conversion. Correct. Yes. Okay. And now, would you recommend that? Absolutely. And is there a percentage uh, that they should do or, or stay away from? Well, let me put it to you okay. this way. Every situation, first of all, is going sure. to be different. So you want to sit and talk with someone. We've had, we have these conversations day in and day out with our clients. Look at what's going on around the world right now. What are we seeing in corporate America right now? What are we seeing? We're seeing major layoffs. Yeah. Okay? So let's just say if you're one of those people who just just got laid off, okay, and you don't have that income that you used to have, but you've built up this big 401k, it's a great year to do a Roth conversion because your income's going to be lower. Do the conversion now at the lower tax bracket, never pay taxes again. Okay. You want to understand when you're doing a conversion, what all the impacts it has on you. It could have an impact if you're taking Social Security. It, it could have an overall impact on your taxes. It will. You want to understand it. We kind of walk you through it. We go take you through the guidelines, and then we look at maybe we do this amount this year, this amount next year, and we, we monitor it each year, and we, we try to make strategic moves when we do the conversions to keep people within the tax brackets that they want to stay in so they understand what they're paying for now for a result of never paying again to Uncle Sam. But the more I would have in Roth IRA is less that the government can take from me when they call for the RMD. Correct. And here's the other nice thing about Sean was hinting on the contribution levels of a Roth. A Roth conversion, there's no limit. There's no income limits, which okay. you can. Anybody can do a Roth conversion with as much money as they want. If you oh, have, okay. if if you have if you have five hundred thousand dollars and you say, hey, I want to convert two hundred thousand dollars this year into a Roth, you can do that. There's no there's no there's no limits on it. There's no limits. Just you have to be mindful of how much you want to pay in taxes. Correct. In any given year, yeah. right? So typically, the exercise we do is you determine at the end of the year where your income is going to fall. You can usually get that within a couple thousand dollars, and then determine where the next tax bracket is. Let's say you're going between the twelve and twenty-two percent bracket, and you've got thirty thousand dollars until you get to that twenty-two percent bracket. Let's move thirty thousand dollars from your IRA to a Roth. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So the whole concept of understanding what things cost you, that taxes is one thing. Building a portfolio and talking to an a advisor about managing money, there's a cost to you there. And you that, that's a conversation we sure. are really upfront with all our clients all the time. There's always a cost. Now, there's still, uh, you know, the people who work on uh, trades. So anytime they buy and sell something in a position, they're creating a commission for themselves. There's all different types of costs that can be associated with an advisory firm. So you want to know what those costs are. Now, I've always used the model for costs as a flat fee. We're a flat fee company. Okay. Okay. We don't have 
buy and sell costs. We don't have, we all, we're very conscious that in our business, I've watched people come in and they don't have no idea what the cost is to someone managing their portfolio. And after I pull it apart, I'm like, you know, you're paying in excess of 2%, 2.5%. And most people are at the starting level of 1.5%. And, and the, these people are already paying 2, 2.5%. But most firms, based on what you're investing, have different breakpoints too. So you want to know what these costs are to you. Mm. And once they start to put you into the investment, you want to make sure what those investment costs are. Even though you may not pay it directly out of your pocket, whatever they're putting you in it from an investment standpoint, it's reducing that amount of money. So mutual funds tend to have a lot higher expenses inside, a lot higher costs right. than, say, an AT ETF. And these are the types of things that we walk our clients through to make sure they understand, and we try to put the most suitable, palatable model design from a cost standpoint so that they understand it and they feel they feel that it's a fair cost so one of the things we're talking about some costs you mentioned the you know starting at one and a half percent um i can't tell how many times i've met with a client who's brought in their 401k statements their iras and they say well then i have this variable annuity and these other things and we start looking at the fees so what are the expenses for your vanguard account what are the expenses for X and Y and Z. And now let's take a look at that variable annuity. And when we look at what the expenses are, you should, their jaws drop. You know, I can't tell you how many times I find that people are spending between four and 5% uh, on a variable annuity, wow. which, is, in, which fees. is in fees, just fees. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. It's really what's given annuities a, a sure. really bad name over, over the years. And most of those companies have changed those cost structures and you don't see that anymore. But you, we, we sit in front of a lot of old variables that people have had for 10, 15 years. And as Sean said, 4, 4 5% is not uncommon. Oof. And it just erodes the value of the, uh, of the financial vehicle. It, it, re it really does. Uh, it creates a, a huge hurdle to overcome. Now, not all annuities are like that, right? No. We use, we use the two different types, actually. Um, one is called a fixed annuity, and there's no cost to that. A fixed annuity is something you're going to put money in, um, and it'll grow at a fixed rate, 3 4 5%. Who knows what it is? They're all different um, over the years, and there's no fees to those. This right? is fixed or fixed index? This is a fixed, right? Okay. Just, okay. It's, it's, it's kind of like a CD, if you okay. will. Yep. Um, you put some money in for three years or five years, and it grows at a certain amount. Uh, Again, no fees. And the other way, but you're fixed in terms of how much money you'll earn in that. Mm -hmm. um, there's no variability to it. The other is what's called an index or a fixed index type annuity. Some of them have, have fees. Um, most of the ones we use don't have fees, especially those we use for, just for growth. But what's nice about those is you have that principal protection. You can't lose any money, but you're going to have some potential upside based on the performance of a stock market. Um, or an index. That's why they're called indexed annuities. Right. So these are nice um, options that you can use. And sometimes we'll use them based on how their performance looks as bond substitutes, right? Bonds are typically limited on an upside, but they still have downside. Yeah. I kind of sometimes will use a fixed index annuity because it will have no downside, but it'll have upside similar to a bond with no fees. So it's not a bad, <laughs> it's not a bad substitute for certain people in certain circumstances. It doesn't always work for everybody. And right. as long as you set it up right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and, you know, just so everybody understands, Sean hit it right. They don't charge you fees, but some most most annuities will have what they call surrender periods, surrender 
time frames. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you bought that three year CD like product that's out there, that's paying X amount per per year for three years, that's all upside. It's all tax free. It's beautiful. There is a downside to every financial product. Don't don't get us wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's just no such thing as a perfect financial product out there. But it's it's if you early withdraw, they hit you with a surrender charge, and you can call that okay. a fee yep. if you yeah. want. But I will tell you this: if you're getting in one of these prod products and you actually get hit with a surrender charge, the advisor who put you in that didn't do his job, because ultimately, really. You should have other pots of money in other places. So allowing that product to work the way it's supposed to work and not have to worry about taking money out of that. So understanding the planning process and really explaining to the client, you know, what the pros and the cons are to every financial strategy helps them to make an easier decision and says, well, you know, you're right. If I'm going to keep that there for three years, I don't, you know, it's just like a CD. You'll be penalized. Maybe I shouldn't put that much in. Maybe I'll put this much in and keep this much over here in case of a rainy day where I need an emergency fund. I don't have to hit that product. I have it over here. Right. I want to clarify one thing, and I know it it was just the way it came out, Steve. Um, Annuities aren't tax-free. They're tax-deferred. Tax-deferred. So unlike we put money into a CD, you're going to get a 1099 every year on the gains and that you're going to pay taxes. With with an annuity, um, you only pay taxes on the money when you take it out. So as long, once you put it in there and it grows over three, five, seven years, whatever it is, there's no tax implications, no tax consequence while it stays. It's only when you take it out. So this is another way to try to minimize taxes in retirement. If you have um, a lot of money sitting in your savings account, even if it's a high-yield savings account at the bank uh, or it's in a CD or you have extra money that you don't know what to do with uh, but you're paying taxes on it, you could put money into a short-term annuity or even longer term if it, if it makes sense, and you can push that tax um, burden years down the road until you take it out. And you get true compounding interest. Oh, yeah. Which, unlike if you have money in a CD, and let's just say you're earning 3% on that CD, you're going to get a 1099 on the interest earned, which you have to pay Uncle Sam. So you don't get 3% on 3% because you paid taxes on that 3% each year. You don't get true compounding interest. With the annuities, you do because you defer those taxes until you need the money. And then you decide when you when and how to take it out. Right. See, I like the fact that you said the advisors should be held accountable. Absolutely. Well, I know. But that might make you not a lot of friends with some advisors. Um, but I said then he didn't do or she didn't do their job because if you had been managing – you wouldn't have had to surrender that investment vehicle early. Correct. And so there is accountability, and that's something that you and Sean talk about a lot. Oh, it's our number one focus. It's, yeah. it's Those are the things, when I'm putting a plan together, you go to bed at night and you, you always want to make sure, did I do the right thing for that client? I kind of, you know, it freaks you out. And, and you want to make sure if there's a catastrophic event where you need money that you've accounted for that and there's a place to take it and you're not penalizing yourself so critical so important and as sean hit on before that's by understanding how to create this retirement planning process and not putting all your eggs in one basket well there's and again my only point in pointing that out was the human factor 
Absolutely. involved in putting all this. Yes, the numbers are the numbers are the numbers, but it's the human factor that helps manipulate everything and put it together to make it personal for you or your client. Absolutely. And you talking about accountability underscores what you and Sean talk about all the time, being a fiduciary and being responsible. It's our one, It's our number one priority. As I've always said to Sean, when everybody, anybody comes into your office and you're sitting there talking to them, the one thing that'll always keep you in a check and balance as an advisor, and this is what goes through my mind every time I sit with a new client, and then I get to know them, we do an intake, I make a, re- make a recommendation. When I make that recommendation, I have to say to myself, is this what I would have done for my mom or dad? Mm. Okay? And that really helps you keep check and balance that, you, you know, People are funny. Money does funny things to people. And I've seen it in our industry. I mean, it just, it, it can ruin a person. You got to keep things in balance and understand that they're the client. We're there for them. And it's our job to put together the best financial retirement plan we can possibly put together by understanding all the different aspects that go into it and just understanding that it is a fiduciary responsibility to both Sean and I to educate them, educate them, educate them. And that's where it all starts. You've been listening to the Path to Wealth and Wisdom podcast presented by Davis Wealth Management. If you have any questions, call 888-333-3818 or go online to daviswealthmgmt.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on your favorite apps. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Davis Wealth Management are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Davis Wealth Management and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.